This is the SCT Show. Hughes carries to the hash mark, into the slot, Horvat scores! Just 12 seconds into the man advantage, the captain gets the Canucks on the board. Four fans. I want to win a cup. And I don't know if you guys want to win a cup. I want to win a cup. By fans. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that Jimbo got his ass handed to him this offseason, right? Like, I, I, I could just imagine Aquilini must have just tore him a new asshole. Here are your hosts, Tanbir Rana and Nam Man. Welcome back to another episode of the SCT Show. Yo, we got to change that intro now. I said that in the last podcast, too. Got to take Jimbo's name out there. Yeah, I got to do some uh, changes uh, with, the, with the intro and stuff. And, you know, uh, Nam's still uh, referring to Jimbo and Jim Benning, not uh, Jim Rutherford. <laughs> and just even just make a more positive intro. Yeah. With uh, the positivity. Let's, yeah. Just wait, let's just wait. Let's just wait to, to see what happens here. Because... Uh, they're not out of the holes they dug themselves uh, at the beginning of the year uh, yet. No, they're not out, but like like I tweeted, once Petey gets going, his team's cut bound. Oh, <laughs> once he gets going, right? Um, yeah, right now they're just conference final bound. Well, now he's going to be spending uh, five or six days uh, locked up in his room, and I'm sure that's not going to help his game um, anymore. You know what I mean? Like He's just going to be... A, with his uh, with his uh, thoughts for a few days here, and uh, he just tested positive for COVID nineteen, and uh, luckily the Canucks don't play in uh, <clears throat> in four days, so he's most likely going to miss the Ottawa game. But I don't know what the rules are, like how many days you have to isolate. But uh, it seems like uh, he might be able to play one of the Florida games uh, against Florida or Tampa, but if not those games, I expect him to play against Washington or Carolina. Yeah, you know. I- Right now, I don't necessarily think it's even the end of the world. I mean, you know, you know, Patterson's been on a big slump right now, and they're still winning games. I think that's the important thing, that when their best player isn't playing to his level, this team is still grinding out wins. Uh, you know, we've seen Tan- Tanner Pearson's game elevate. Brock Besser's not even back yet, so he should be back soon now, no? Well, like, the the impressive thing is they're doing it, like, they went on this road trip here, uh, Against Anaheim, LA, and Seattle, yeah, the teams aren't you know the, the best teams in the NHL, but you know Anaheim's in the in the hunt for the playoffs, and LA is a few points ahead of us as well. Um, and they picked up uh, five or six points without Brock Besser, and without a you know a hot PD, a PD that we're used to seeing. And uh, it's a matter of time before he turns it around. Um, I'm not like down on him. I'm not trade PD. Uh, by any means, there's people talking about trading him, which is just ridiculous. Who, who are you, know? you going to trade him for, though? Yeah, it's a great question, right? man. Like, what what are you getting back for him? It's like, like maybe I trade. Uh, I, I remember uh, Uncle Elite does these uh, spaces on Twitter, and I've they're talking him, yeah. about Pedersen and like what what's the kind of return you would want for him, and, I, and they're like Kale McCarr. Uh, Kale McCarr is just unbelievable hockey player. Colorado's not making that trade. Um, like you know, like a a type of talent like that, maybe. But even that, like, like you're not doing that just because he's just too good of a player. We've seen his high, like when he plays at his best, and he's a good player. Like he's a good number one center in the league. And I just feel like a lot of it's right now. It's mental. Like uh, I don't know if you agree, Ryan, but I think a lot of it is mental. Like I feel like a lot of things haven't gone his way this year, and 
and I feel like he's one of those guys that's very like he wants everything to be perfect. He wants to pass from Quinn Hughes for the one tee to be perfect. He wants the perfect corner when he shoots the puck. I think he has a little bit of oh. I don't know I don't know how to say OCD in him yeah, where yeah. he wants to be he wants everything to just be perfect. And I think it's just a part of a young player learning how to you know be good in the NHL. And uh, I think he needs to take more of a Quinn Hughes approach. Where Quinn Hughes, it just feels like he just goes out there and plays hockey. He has nothing on his mind but playing hockey, and you're seeing how great he could be when he, you know, puts his mind to just focusing on hockey and not thinking about the outside noise, just playing hockey. And it almost feels like, you know, he's smoking some good indica before the games or something. (laughs) No, I think you're right about the whole, you know, PD wants his passes to be perfect. He wants everything to be – because the amount of times where – you know, we've seen on like a power play or whatnot where he has the shot, like it's there for him to take, but mm-hmm. he passes it back to like Quinn Hughes because maybe he didn't like the pass. Yeah. But he had the shot. Like there's been so many times that I've noticed it with him more so where he just is not shooting in those prime opportunities where he usually does shoot from, especially when he first came into the league and he was scoring all those goals bar down that one on like Carey Price and whatnot. But we haven't seen that in so long. Yeah, it's just, like he's good. He's a good hockey player, man. We we know he can rip the puck. I remember at the All Star game, he shot the puck over a hundred miles per hour. Like that's you know he's he's an elite hockey player, and he's just going through some struggles. And the good news is the Canucks are playing their best hockey, and Pedersen hasn't even showed up yet. Just wait till he shows up. Like I really believe that he's eventually gonna show up, and he's gonna he's gonna go through a 10-15 game streak where he has close to 20 points and everybody's gonna be like he's back Patterson's back and it's probably gonna give the Canucks a five percent bump like I really believe like he will he will eventually get there but you don't want it to be too late you want it to be at a time where you're still fighting for that playoff spot you know you're still like you're, you're maybe you're in the playoffs by then right like then maybe he takes his game to the next level and then boom the Canucks are cooking you got Demko going you got Hughes going you got JT Miller going you got everybody going and that's the best case scenario if Pedersen gets to his game. The worst case scenario is he finds his game and everybody else is not going. And I remember last year when he was going before he got hurt because he was going. I think he had a game, he had a goal in like almost every game for uh, for a little bit there, and he was the only guy going on our team. But the but it wasn't it wasn't uh, leading up to wins. And he gets hurt, and then the season you know goes in the fucking trash. But at the end of the day, I think you need him to get going at a time where it leads to wins. And right now, he's not going and we're winning. And that's a good sign. But you don't want it to get to a point where he's going and it's not leading to wins. Because that's where it could end up hurting the team. Yeah, no, I think it's fine right now. But like we were saying, everyone else kind of around him is going. But is that really sustainable for a team that's not really that deep? probably not so at some point you're going to need him to be your most important player um, especially as you know they kind of head down the stretch there towards their playoff push one of the interesting things is if PD just doesn't even find his let's just say he doesn't find his game for the rest of the year does this team still make the playoffs well that yeah that's a I, I don't think so I mean if they're still playing the way they are there's a chance because they've been playing really really well compared to what they were you know earlier on in the year but there's a chance they can still do it but without their most important player you know kind of carrying them in those kind of deep 
pressure-filled situations? I don't know. It's a good question. It's a really good question. Um, right now they're doing it, but is this sustainable? Is the main question? Like, and you look at the road trip coming up here, Ryan. Like, <laughs> like holy fuck, they have some, uh, they have some, uh, you know, some some great teams that they have to play here coming up. They have a game. It's like a warm-up game against Ottawa here at home, at 50% capacity at Rogers Arena. And that's a tune-up game for that road trip. And they should win that game even without PD. But then they have the two Florida teams, or, or uh, you know, teams in, uh, in Florida. So you got Tampa Bay and, and uh, the Panthers, right? Those teams are two of the best teams in the league. And then you have a back-to-back against the Washington Capitals and the Carolina uh, Hurricanes, which is... The, which is an easy task, and I think they end the trip out in Chicago, uh, Nashville, Nashville, and then they play Chicago as well, right? Or is that at home? No, so it goes Nashville, and then then they come back home against Florida. Okay, well, so look, that schedule is a uh, like it is. Yeah, look at that: tough. Ottawa, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, Washington, Nashville, Florida, St. Louis, Edmonton. Yeah, so those are th- these games coming up are going to define the season. And it sucks that PD catches COVID right before the road trip. But I do think he will end up playing, you know, one of the games in Florida. Um, if not, he will end up playing against the Capitals or the uh, the Hurricanes. But the Canucks are going to have to find a way to get a split in Florida and a split on the back-to-back against Carolina and Washington. And then they're going to have to at least pick up a point against Nashville or win that game outright. Because Nashville the team I think you're going to be chasing all, all year long. That game against Nashville is going to be big. Um, so we'll see what happens. The, the playoff race, it's it's open, man. Look, Edmonton lost today. Big L for Edmonton. I still believe Edmonton will end up making the playoffs just because they have that two-headed monster. But, like, that, you know, they've opened a door for the Canucks to, you know, you know go in there and just step in there and, and find a way to get in the race. I think Calgary's going through a tough road trip right now as well, and I, and I expect them to start losing some games here. And the the, game, the Pacific Division is, like, I wouldn't say they're going to win the d- division, but I think Anaheim's going to start falling down the standings as well. So the Canucks have to continue playing the way they are. Maybe not as good as they are because they haven't lost a game under Bruce Boudreau and regulation. But, uh, you know, they're going to just, just going to have to continue this hot run and, and have that enthusiasm that Bruce Boudreaux has brought to addressing them. Yeah, you know, it's 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 really just been sort of a tale of two seasons, essentially. You had the whole doom and gloom under Jim Benning and Travis Green. You had all these Twitter fights of, oh, no, Green's the problem, Jim Benning's the problem. And for the first time in a while, I think, the, you know, not only the fans are sort of united, which is a huge thing here in Vancouver. This is the first time under... You know, since Mike Gillis left, I think that the fans, I want to say this is the first time probably since 2011 that the fans have been united here in Vancouver. And I think we're kind of seeing that with the team as well. You kind of just see they've got this renewed source of energy. They're just more, I don't know, they're just, they're. it just looks like they're having fun. They're happier. And you don't want to be playing in an, envi- in an environment that's just, <clears throat> you know, just it just feels dreadful every day coming to the ice, like to the rink. Yeah, like I don't want to um, say Travis Green was the issue. The players don't want to play for him or anything like that. I just think when you see your organization actually trying to address, you know, issues and try to see what they're actually making changes for once. 
and they're um, making changes in the places in the people that have power. No, like they're not just you know trading away sort of whatever players or draft picks or trying to bring players in, but they're just they're confident in the group that they have. Like, well, you know, the Aquilinis are, but they're actually making changes and within management and within coaching for once. You know, they're looking at the long-term picture, I feel like, more. And before it was, you know, get into the playoffs and hope what happens and just, just hope for, you know, a good, uh, you know, a good season. But I feel like now they're uh, Jim Rutherford, a guy who has so much experience in the league, uh, you know, winning Stanley Cups in Carolina, winning Stanley Cup in, in Pittsburgh, Cups in Pittsburgh, or the Cup. I think it just might be one. I'm not sure. But, uh, you know, he's trying to go for a, a third cup here in Vancouver, a Canadian market. And it would definitely, you know, put a, a put him in a different level of, I think the word is echelon in the <laughs> hockey in the hockey community if he wins a cup in Canada. And a third cup, um, that would, you know, that would put him in legendary status. Like, that's something that you want to, you know, you want to accomplish. And you're right. Like, I think... I don't want to get into the argument of who was who was worse, Jimbo or, or Travis Green, but it's pretty <laughs> obvious that like it's pretty obvious that like the the players were not having fun under Green. Like I feel like Green was focusing too much on their like their their issues, like on defense, and he was trying to protect a decor that <clears throat> that we all know is probably the weakest part of the team. I mean, it's a but, decor he didn't build, though, right? Yeah, he didn't. He didn't. He didn't build it. Jimbo did, but you know, Bruce Boudreaux is just doing work with what he has, and and I feel like he's doing. He's trying to put the players in their be, in the best situation for them to succeed, which is play a high tempo game, you know, push offense and and hope that your goaltender, you know, makes the big saves when he needs to. And I feel like it's worked. And that's definitely the style the Canucks need to play. You know, I think that's I think that's the way they need to play to to, to have success. And there's people uh, on the back end that are stepping up. You know, I, th- I think we've we've made so much fun of T- Tyler Myers on this <laughs> podcast yeah. that we have to just give him some props here. Like he's played the best hockey in his NHL career. Like he might be uh, playing the best hockey that. since his rookie year. Yeah, I mean, and he's definitely playing his best since he's been in Vancouver. I don't know what his entire career. Yeah, he's played. He was playing well under Green too. People forget it, but he was. He wasn't one of the issues. Oliver Ekman Larson has played well all season. Have you seen that stat that Elliot Freeman tweeted uh, on or put out on Thirty Two Thoughts? He's only been out for. Uh, he's been out for less than ten goals against at five on five, and like like in a certain amount of minutes in the, in the all season, and he's the only player in the league to have that, which is impressive. You know, yeah, he doesn't have the offensive numbers, but he's playing a steady defensive game that this team needed. Uh, and that's what they wanted more from Oliver ekman Larson because they knew that the Quinn Hughes, that Quinn Hughes guy back there, he's going to carry his offense. And, man, he has been – I think he's been our best player. People can say it's Demko. I think it's been Quinn Hughes. I think it's been Demko. <clears throat> Quinn Hughes has been good, and I think he's like, as well gotten better as the season's gone along. Thatcher Demko never really fell off since the whole bubble Demko thing. Um, we, you know, you might have seen some few dips and whatnot in terms of uh, the whole team. Essentially, like he can't can't necessarily do everything, but Demko's been so so steady. Like you've even said before that you're more confident with Demko than you were with Luongo, and that's a huge statement to make. 
I, yeah, I just like when I when I know that that guy's back there, I know he's gonna make the save at the right time. It might not be, you know, like he might let in a goal that, and earlier in the game that you know you you probably maybe he doesn't do it often, but maybe he'd like to have back, right? He doesn't do that often, but he might let in a goal earlier in the game. But when the team needs a stop, he's always there, and that's the one thing. Luongo had it, but man, he had he had some great teams in front of him. You could see what Demko is doing right now, and I think the Canucks have been better defensively since Brujo has come in, right? But I I feel like I, the penalty kill is so bad, right? I feel like he is just a special player. Like, um, I think Quinn Hughes is a special player, but man, there's another guy out there in Colorado that's just on an unreal. I don't know if you saw that goal last night, but yeah. Holy crap, that guy's good. Uh, Kill McCarr. But uh, Quinn Hughes, man, like I really believe that he controls everything back there. Um, he he breaks out like nobody I've ever seen in a Canucks uniform as a defenseman. He makes passes that I've, ne- I've never seen from back there. And it's so impressive because last year I was questioning his defensive game. And he's come back and he's proven everyone wrong that he could play defense. And not just play defense, but he could kill penalties. That's the big thing too, killing penalties. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of been the biggest change under Boos, Boudreaux as well, having your best players kill those penalties. Pedersen's starting to kill them too now. Um, yeah. It always reminds me of when Torts came here and he started to make everyone kill penalties. The difference was is everyone was just a lot older and yeah. he was just really trying to squeeze something out of them, but there wasn't really much left in order to play that's his style. I, I still think, like, even now, if Boudreaux was coaching that team instead of Torts, they'd probably do a hell of a lot better. Yeah, you're right. Like, uh, the tempo they kill penalties at is, like, they're pushing the, the the power play to its limits. Like, they're not, you know, standing there, you know, looking all confused and trying to take the, the cross-seam pass away from the team and trying to clog the middle and let them work the point and stuff. They're pushing them. To their limit, they're pushing them against the wall on on the boards. They're pushing them at the point. They're pushing them on the on the half wall when you know a certain player has it, a talented player has it. Like that's how you're gonna play. And, and the one thing that people haven't talked about, I feel like, is how much better their neutral game has gone. Like the neutral game is a very underrated part of hockey. You turn it over in the neutral zone, and a lot of goals are scored on the rush nowadays, right? You turn over the neutral zone, and it's bang, bang in your net on the rush, right? A lot of teams have speed. That's how they kill the Canucks. That's how they kill the Canucks under Travis Green, in my opinion, right? And I feel like the neutral game has gotten so much cleaner. And guys are just not, they're not afraid to make mistakes out there. I feel like under Green, they were afraid to make mistakes because, you know, it was going to, you know, they're going to have, they were going to hear about it the next day. And, you know, it was just, it was just not something that they you know, they wanted, like, I'm not want to put my foot on Travis Green's neck even more, but I just feel like, you know, I just feel like the guys got tired of that voice. And Paul Maurice said it. Like, I know that they, like, like I used to have their attention in Winnipeg, but I could tell now that it's just going right through their ears and they're not listening. And that's why you step down. And, uh, you know, I think that I think that's the same thing happened with Travis. Like, I don't think he's a bad coach. I don't think he's a good coach. I'd say he's a mediocre coach in the league. Um, but uh, for a know, mediocre team, though, right? For yeah, for a mediocre. <laughs> but let's see what Boudreaux does. 
what if Bruce Boudreaux magically gets his team in the playoffs, they win a couple rounds, and now you're looking at the team completely differently? I would. I, I will only say you will look at them completely differently just because Jim Benning's not here. Right? Because that happened in the bubble where they won a few rounds. The team Jimbo built. Yeah, but like it was still the same old, same old though. We don't even have a proper GM yet, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, it's probably going to be that guy from Pittsburgh. I think his name is uh, Patrick Alvin. Um, I think he may have a relationship with the Sedins too. I may be wrong because he is Swedish, but I'm just, I'm just putting two and two <laughs> together. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. I, I, I don't know. But from what I know is that's probably going to be the guy that they hire just because, you know, Rick's, Rick Dollywell has been talking about it. But yeah, your best friend. I, don't know, I just feel like, yeah, a lot of things that Jimbo did might have rubbed the players the wrong way. Like the Toffoli thing, the Markstrom thing, the Tanov thing. But the one thing I will say about Jimbo is – that Oliver Ekman Larson Connor Garland trade might be one of the greatest trades in Canucks history. Yeah, the contract of Oliver Ekman Larson might be a problem. That's just a hypothetical. That we don't know what's going to happen with his career after thirty, but he's never he's never been the fastest guy, anyways. And he's playing well defensively right now. He's playing he's playing high minutes, and he looks fine out there. I think he looks really good defensively, especially and. Connor Garland has been one of my favorite players. Like, he plays so hard. He plays, like, he's all over the ice all the time. And he's the kind of guy that you need uh, to win hockey games and and big games, too. I think he's a clutch player, too. I really believe when there's going to be, when the Canucks play a big game, which will happen soon, I feel like, he'll be the one of the guys that scores those big goals because he just plays hard. Alex Burrows. He's like an Alex Burrows, exactly. Like, I feel like Jimbo. We we don't give him enough credit for what he did, right? That JT Miller trade, yeah. But there's, like, but there's reasons why we don't be, give him the credit though, because there was just so much that was bad. There was a lot of stupid right? shit. Like I'm not gonna, you know, like he like brought the it on McCann himself. Trade, you know, like the Jared McCann trade. Um, there's uh, you know trading first round picks all the time, but you know he got value for that first round pick for JT Miller. Like yeah. JT Miller, top ten scorer in the league right now. Like. He could get you more than a first round pick right now. You know what I mean? Like, um, he's drafted some great players, like in Thatcher Demko and Niels Hoglander, and I feel like Vasily. Oli Ulevi. Oh yeah, yeah, and he's had some bad picks. <laughs> he's had some bad picks too, but you know, like there's like like people always say, like there's always like remember in the intro I say no GM bats one thousand, no GM bats one thousand. There's gonna be some bad moves and be the good moves. He probably should have drafted more. He should have probably probably should have, you know, set this team up for the long term more. But you cannot deny that there are some great pieces here that Jim Rutherford could work with. For sure, I don't think yeah. I've ever, you know, knocked Jimbo on his drafting. Like that's kind of the whole reason he was even hired to kind of you know build this team through the draft because you don't really build teams through free free agency anymore you you know blockbuster trades don't happen as often as 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 they used to the draft is the way you build a team and he's been able to get you a lot of great players through that draft you know Brock Besser Demko Pedersen uh, Bo Horvat was already here that was a Gillis pick but he's Quinn really Hughes. Quinn Hughes yeah, like he's so drafted superstars players. he has 
and he's kind he JT Miller was a was was a good trade. I was knocking it at first when it first happened, but it's turned out to be a really good trade. I just didn't think JT Miller was gonna be what he is now. Um, I don't even think Jim Benning probably thought that either at the time. But uh, that was a good trade. Even the Ekman Larson, Connor Garland, that trade is Ekman Larson's the name, but the trade I think was really for Connor Garland. Yeah, and but both of them have helped you so far in the and short term. And he shed salary. Yeah, he had to take Ekman Larson's contract back, but he shed some he pretty bad contracts on the contract too. Like yeah. Ekman Larson was making eight or something, and they shed like a million and something off that contract, which is also good. Um, and who knows what this Dylan Gunther kid's going to be? Like, what if he turns out to be nobody? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, And I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm not trying to like, hate on the kid because he might still be a good hockey player, but I didn't really notice him in the World Juniors in the few games that he played, and they were playing some, like, ass teams. They weren't playing any good teams, you know? Like, he was apparently got bumped down to the bottom six uh, – so, who knows? He might be just another Jake Bertano. Who knows, right? So, <laughs> um, and that 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 could end up being a good trade for you because you shed all that salary, right? But the thing is, now you've added this cap for the long term in Oliver Ekman Larson, and now you have to build a team around him as well because he's going to be hard to trade, right? So, there's a lot of things that we could you know hate on for Jim Benning, but uh, you know I'm not trying to like you know say bring him back because I love the new energy. I love the new energy uh, Canucks fans are bringing that, you know, like I was part of the, I was chatting fire uh, betting uh, at the Canucks game. So like, I think his time was done. He was here for way too long. Like the fans got sick and tired of it. And like, let's, this is the last time we're ever going to talk about Jim betting. Brian. Let, let's just end it right here. I guarantee we're still going to talk about Jim. Yeah, we probably will. Now nah, we'll probably bring up the Tyler Myers contract or whatever, but, uh, you know, let's uh, let's look ahead here. You know, they play Ottawa here, coming up at home. They're on this little break because of COVID. Um, winnable game. Winnable game, exactly. They should get two points there, right? Yeah. And then they, and then they play two against two of the top teams in the league in in Florida and Tampa Bay. And I feel like they'll win. They'll win one of those games. What do you think? It's going to be important for them to split. Um, the Florida, Tampa, and the Washington, uh, Carolina. You know, especially if they just kind of want to stay in the in the hunt right now. I know Colorado's kind of caught up almost in terms of games played. I yeah. think they still have about five-ish games in hand. They had seven at one point, so they still have, I think, five games in hand on the Canucks. Mm. And they're like, how many points are they ahead? There are a few more points ahead. Yeah, they have 40. Vancouver's at 34, five. Probably, so they're five points ahead. Sorry, We're probably not going to catch Colorado. No, but the teams that I think that they can catch are are uh, Anaheim, Minnesota, St. Louis, Nashville, Ed- Edmonton, Edmonton, and I might be missing one. And I'm going to throw Calgary in there because I think Calgary's overrated. <laughs> like I always say that they're overrated, and I think that their hot start's going to start to uh, fade here. The fact that we're even talking about them, like even fighting for a playoff spot, yeah. that's just crazy in itself. They were so far out of it at one point, and I think the entire fan base was just checked out, right? Yeah. Like you, you can feel it even on Twitter now. There's more excitement for games. Yeah. We want to watch games. We yeah, want exactly. to see them on TV. We want the yeah. highlights. We want the post game. We want the pregame. For yeah. a long time, we didn't care, or at least I didn't care. You know what? I was still watching the games, but I was watching for the chaos. 
And uh, yeah, as soon as the, the they made the changes, you know, I was I was hopeful. Uh, we got the pizza guy joining us finally. Yo, what's going on, guys? Nothing. We were just talking about how the teams uh, found a way to get back in it. I think they'll end up climbing past a team like San Jose and a team like the Kings. They're going to have to watch out for Winnipeg and, and all the other teams that are ahead of them. I, I think the opposite. I think every other team's got to watch out for the Canucks, man. Winnipeg's got to watch out for them. I agree. They're, they're, playing, they're playing hard, man. They're playing uh, the best hockey all season. Yeah, I read something on Twitter. Sorry, I'm just... I just missed everything that you guys talked about, but someone was saying, how did Toronto and uh, Edmonton get to play their game today? And uh, Canucks game was cancelled. I think it's the Canadian uh, factor. Um, they don't want the US teams coming here and playing uh, uh, the Canucks. And, oh, I think, yeah. and I think I think the Canucks want to get the revenue for that game as well. Like they they want to they're gonna probably delay it till February or whatever the Olympic break, and yeah. hopefully that they're allowed full capacity by then. But yeah, I think the you're gonna see the Canadian games happen if there are Canadian teams that come in town. Oh, okay, I think that the American teams are more likely gonna get postponed. But the NHL also said that after January nineteenth, there's no more postponing games for the Canadian teams. You're just gonna have to play the games. Oh, is that right? I never heard that. Yeah, so um, that's what happens when I, when you listen to the radio six hours a day. <laughs> you hear everything. <laughs> that's hilarious, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, did you text into Donnie and Dolly today? Or did read? I read your other text message, or I heard it watching. Uh, he's got to meditate. He's got to have you breathing right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, uh, Doll, Dolly, uh, I told him, uh, I said, is it just me, or does Dolly need to start meditating more? I think it would help his heavy breathing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard that. Then I texted in right away. Oh, buddy needs a Navaj. I don't know if you watched it on TV, but there's there always commercials about this. Yeah, yeah, Navaj, Navaj, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've been actually listening to the podcast recently just because uh, my Bluetooth has uh, went through the wash and I can't listen to the show. Like, you know, like with uh, Donnie and Dolly, they have those commercials. And also, if you can't really pause the show, when you're streaming it, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. You have to, like, as soon as you, if, if somebody calls you or whatever, that part of the show you're missing. You know oh, I mean? so that's why I like to have the Bluetooth because, you know, I'm always getting in and out of uh, my, my car or my, whatever, right? Like, when I'm driving and stuff. So, uh, yeah, just um, that's that's why I've been uh, listening to the podcast recently. But, yeah. Prab, what are your thoughts? Like, what do you think the Canucks pull off here? Uh, Ryan, you still haven't given me your... Uh, Prediction for the road trip. I think the Canucks win against Ottawa coming up. They split against uh, 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 one of Florida and uh, they get a win against one of Florida or Tampa, right? They probably get a win against one of Washington and Carolina. I think they beat Washington, slam the uh, the Canucks against the Washington Capitals that night, slam them because they're winning that game. Because Bruce Boudreaux is coming back to Washington, they're oh, yeah. going to be a heavy underdog, slam them. And uh, I think that. Uh, uh, they they beat Nashville as well, so they get so that's uh what is that uh four six they get eight points in the upcoming uh was it five games or no six games they get eight out of six uh, uh out of twelve points I think what do you think yeah no that's that's if they get six out of eight that's a successful road trip uh more than the road trip 
I heard, I read somewhere that they got 12 games in 22 days. So uh, there might be some back-to-backs or uh, three games in four nights. But uh, I don't know. This is going to be their toughest competition, I think. Uh, Well, not Ottawa, but uh, Tampa, Carolina, Washington, Florida, I think they're playing. Um, I just want to see these guys compete, man. I'm not about moral losses or nothing like that, moral victories. But if they can keep up with these guys and maybe they don't get the result that they want, like... That's just, you know, a promising sign to me from where we were over a month ago to where we are now. Like, buddy, we'd get bodied by these teams. Yeah. Like, I wouldn't even think we have a chance versus them. But now, like, the sky's the limit. And uh, everything, almost everything fell into place yesterday. Uh, Vegas lost. San Jose lost. I think Anaheim was the only team that won. There's a bunch of things that just uh, factored factored really good into uh uh, the Canucks making the playoffs or even gaining ground on the teams ahead of them. But as for the question, yeah, no, six out of eight points is crazy. You take that, doesn't matter who you're playing. Home, yeah, home, home, home trip. Yeah. yeah. I'm hoping they get at least four. If they get at least four, I'd be happy. You think if they get four points, you'd be happy uh, on the road trip? Uh, they're, they're playing some like heavy competition. Uh, yeah, if they come back and it's they five game road trip, crab. You said six out of eight. <laughs> no, no, I said eight, eight out of twelve. Eight right? out of eight. Because I'm including the Ottawa game at home, so there's six games coming up. There's okay, twelve okay. points in total, and yeah. I think they pick up eight, including the Ottawa game. Okay, okay, eight out of twelve. I would say, if I to be honest, uh, I'd be happy if they got six. If they got six, if they yeah. split this road trip. Uh, I'd be happy. Uh, anything after that, buddy? Um, they they can they can get more points too. But for me, uh. They can get six. I'd be happy. I think if they get less than six, you kind of just, you know, feel a little deflated after the run they've kind of been on. Yeah. Right. Like barring, I'm just kind of going through the schedule right now. Barring they play like the cold, the Vegas three three times in April. Wow. And like apart from that, I this was probably their toughest little um, schedule here. Right. Right now is this road trip. I think they'll probably split in Florida. They, you would want them to split against Carolina and Washington. It's hard for me to bet against them right now, but I just don't see them kind of, you know, going above 500. I think, you know, it's a shame that those games got canceled before um, they went on that road trip in, uh, in California and Seattle. They were going to play Toronto. They were going to play Arizona, right? A lot of the games were at home, right? They were going to play uh, San Jose at home. I think they were going to play LA and Anaheim at home as well. Right? So, like, I really think they could have won all five of those games before this road trip where they picked up five of six. Yeah, they could be in a playoff spot already. Yeah, they could be already in a playoff spot. It sucks that those games got canceled. But now they're part. Now they're starting to They're going to go on their hardest road trip of the season. And I agree with you, Prab. I think if they pick up six points and they compete in every goddamn game, and show us that they could play against Tampa Bay, Florida, all those juggernaut of teams, that will give you hope as a fan. Even though they picked up only six points, you know, even if they pick up five, and they show us that they could play with those teams, I think that you you would be pretty happy. I think if they get more than six points on this road trip, Jim Rutherford's going to have to seriously think about adding to this team. <laughs> For real, man. Like, this team was playing, like, since this guy came in, the team's been playing lights out. Yeah, he probably knows a lot more than me. But if we're, play- if we're playing against th- these heavy hitters from the Eastern uh, 
from the East and we're competing and we're beating them. But he's got to maybe reevaluate what he was thinking. Maybe he's like, hey, maybe this team's a bit closer than I thought. I know our defense is washed pretty much. We got some age elders playing on defense, but yeah. I don't know. I'm excited to see that. But um, yeah, I forgot what I was going to say. But at least they're exciting, right? <laughs> like, yeah, 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 most definitely. It's like the bare minimum for a sports franchise. Just be exciting. Give us yeah. hope. Something to watch. Yeah, hope, hope is great, but. We're at a time now where we need to start seeing some results, and that's why the fans were chanting "fire Benning." This is a time where we have some talented players on our in our forward group. We have Quinn Hughes, who's a Norris caliber defenseman, in my opinion, and we have Thatcher Demko, who's a Vesna caliber goaltender back there. Who says we can't go on a magical run? And I'm not talking magical run where we go to the Cup final and we lose. I'm talking man, man, uh, magical run. Where we go to the cup final and we fucking win. <laughs> like I'm I'm at a point now, I'm starting to believe a little bit. I have some hope. I'm still a little, you know, sh- a little uh, afraid to, you know, give all my belief. But if they get eight out of twelve, like I said, holy crap. Like it's almost close to Scott Road territory, boys. <laughs> it's almost Scott Road territory there. Like it's not, you know, we only go to Scott Road when it's playoff dubs. But I think I might have the flag up early this year. If they, uh, if they get 8 out of 12 against these juggernaut teams and they go on a run and Thatcher Demko keeps playing the way he is. And what if Pedersen comes back? And me and Ryan were talking about this earlier, Prab. Speaking of, is he available for the road trip? Or what's up with him and Besser? Like those are, that's, big, uh, that's big factors on this little uh, upcoming stretch right now, their availability. You, you don't you, you don't have to quote me on this because uh, you know I'm not media, but I would like I was telling Ryan I think that Besser's going to be back. I think for the Ottawa game. I think by tomorrow we might even see him on the ice if he tests negative, and or on Friday. And I think that Pedersen, he might be because there's a lot of time in between still. You know I think he'll miss the Ottawa game for sure, but I think he might play one of the Florida games if not one of those Florida games. He will play against Washington. And like I said, slam the Canucks against the Washington Capitals on the fucking money line. Cause there will be big there will be some uh, there will be road dogs that night. And I'm telling you guys right now, slam them. Slam them. You heard it there, man. I might I might just have to, man. I might just have to after hearing that. I'm getting excited. I think I'm gonna slam them pretty hard that day. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'll probably probably will end up too. It's always make always makes the games a little bit more exciting to watch. Oh yeah, how about you, Ryan? You gonna slam him? Uh, what, what, what? Sports gambling? What? <laughs> no, 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 no sports gambling. But uh, for me, yeah, me and Prab. Sports it gambling, man. It's the second most thing I've lost money on. Number one being cryptocurrency. <laughs> <laughs> Taking L's, man. <laughs> Left, right, and center nowadays, man. <laughs> sports gambling has uh, made a, a lot of like you know like it's gotten really popular recently. Like, you see those Bleacher Report betting uh, videos and stuff and Barstool sports betting and all that stuff, and you see all these people get excited over hitting a big bet. Uh, you know, it's, I think I think gambling is the future. It is. It's getting pushed heavily right now, too. And uh, speaking of bets, I got this bet, man. Uh, I don't know if the listeners or you guys talked about it. So two games t- after Green got fired, I put a hundred bucks on Canucks to win the division at plus seventeen thousand five hundred. Wow. So my one hundred dollar bet 
if the Canucks win the division at the end of the year, will pay out seventeen thousand dollars, six hundred bucks, seventeen six, seventeen thousand five hundred dollars profit of hundred bucks, and uh, I'm hyped right now because I think it's doable. If you hit that bet, prem, holy shit, like, that's a that's an all time right there. That's a, that would be that's Scott Road and more. Like I don't know what else is more, but uh, that's a that's a big time dub. Yeah, that's the only. That's not the only. The Canucks are playing real good right now too. But yeah. every day, you know, I'm looking at the standings, and it's been a while since I've looked at the standings. It's been they're still in seventh. They're still in seventh in the Pacific Division somehow. But you know, like, I think they're gaining. They're gaining points on everyone. It's just they haven't climbed up the standings yet. Yeah. But I think the more they play these divisional games, and uh, that then you're gonna see a lot more uh, ju- jumping in the standings for sure. Um. Speaking of future bets, uh, I know the Canucks are are chasing the Edmonton Oilers right now in the standings. But uh, you know, you know, if you like to bet on greatness, I like to bet on greatness. Um, just, just put a little bit of you know just a sprinkle. Just put a little bit of a sprinkle on the Edmonton Oilers to win the cup. So why do you think that? You think a coaching change happens, or a goaltender trade, or what? What are you hearing? Any anything from any I insiders? Think, I think coaching change and a goaltending uh, trade. I think a guy like uh, uh, what's his name in uh, in um, in Columbus? what's his name in uh, Corpusalo? Okay, in uh, Columbus, I think that's a guy that they target, or they target uh, Mark Andre Fleury, and I think that if they get any kind of goaltending, and they have that two air monster that puts up points like nonstop, that's that's a that's a team I wouldn't want to play in the playoffs. Yeah, but yeah, we've they, been saying that for years with them. If yeah, they get but, a defenseman, know, if they get goaltending, everything's going to take it. Uh, That's what I'm saying too. Like if they they, they got to be in desperation win now mode because <laughs> if Connor McDavid demands a trade, like you know what I mean. You got to do everything in your power to keep this guy happy, keep the team winning. Because how many more years of the, of this can this guy take? You guys, like I know you guys are shooting down this bet, and it's it's fine. You can shoot down. A bet on the Oilers because it is the goddamn Oilers. But they have the best player in the league and the second best player in the league. And I really believe eventually when you have that kind of talent, you bet them to just win. You're going to get some good odds on it right now, especially. Like, why not? Crosby won a cup. You know, freaking Patrick Mahomes won a Super Bowl. You know, like Green uh, Aaron Rodgers has a Super Bowl. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has a cup. Wayne Gretzky's won multiple. LeBron James eventually won a championship. Yeah, Everybody but, doubted those guys eventually in their careers. Yeah, but all those teams are better than the current Edmonton Oilers. But you, you must, you might have had a narrative before. Like you could have had a narrative on Ovi for so many years. Like he just can't win the, in the second round. There was narratives about Sidney Crosby before he won those second and third cups. People said he wasn't going to win a Stanley Cup ever again. Because it we couldn't get out of the play, uh, Mark Andre Fleury was shitting the bed all the fucking time. Like Ovechkin got doubted. Every one of these great athletes get doubted. LeBron got doubted for so many years before he went to South Beach and won a chip. Like you could trash the team, but eventually greatness prevails. And I think that uh, Connor McDavid's one of the best players I've ever seen in my life. And uh, he will eventually hands down the best player in the league. Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah, he will eventually win a cup. Maybe it won't be in Edmonton. But I'm going to bet that every goddamn year just because it's him. 
I wonder too, you know, you bring up a good point. Just him being the, the best player in the league. Has there ever been a the best player ever not to win a championship? I know there's been good players that don't win championships. I think Dan Marino or even Charles Barkley, um, Todd Bertuzzi. They've been good players, great players. But has there ever been the best player uh, in a franchise or in a league to not win a championship? I wonder. Todd Bertuzzi, I love that. I love that drop there. That's the bean. Ryan, any any soccer players like any generational like soccer players that just for whatever reason never won a championship or a trophy okay, or something? Okay. Well, okay, hockey wise, I would say probably again uh, Sundin. If we're gonna go soccer, easily Steven Gerrard. Easily. Like, uh, who would you compare him to? Like generational talent, like something superstar. I don't know. You got it. Has to be someone, Ryan. In my opinion, it has to be someone that was supposedly supposed to be the next one. And and just didn't get it done. I'd still say him. Like he was during his prime, he was the best, if not one of the best midfielders in the world. He was captain of his team. He was captain of his national team. And how many league titles did he win? Zero. Why is that? What, what well, happened? The team around him was trash. That's why. Was he soccer at one point? Like, was he the best player in the world? I don't know if he was the best player overall in the world. Midfielder, yeah. He has to be the best player in the world well, at, at his Then for soccer, I, I don't, I don't like. They all kind of win if they're that good. And that's Tanbeer's point. That's exactly Tanbeer's point. Yeah. The greatest yeah. player in that league, they're they're destined for greatness. They will eventually win. That's that's what I believe. I think maybe you could make the argument for Eric Lindros because I heard he was the best, most dominant player in the league for a couple of years, not consistently like Crosby and. And, he was injured uh, a lot, though. He was injured a lot, but apparently when he was in his prime, he was one of yeah. the best. He was by the best in the league. If you, if you look at his stats, they're pretty crazy. And even if you just watch the highlights, he's so much bigger than everyone. Yeah. And he's probably a guy that probably is, is that mean guy, right? But, uh, like, who else can you say? I think for a long time, you could have said, like, Clayton Kershaw. And he finally won. And look, people doubted Clayton Kershaw, but he finally won. Yeah, you might have lost hundreds of dollars on the way before you, because <laughs> you know, like <laughs> betting them every just every year till they win. You might have lost hundreds of dollars on the way there, but maybe you break even. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a win nowadays, brother. That's a, that's a win nowadays. Um, but. Um, yeah, like I think that those guys eventually are are just gonna win, and I think when you have Drysaddle as well, like I just don't see them losing. Is Drysaddle good, or is he just his games getting elevated by? Because I don't really follow the Oilers, but I just the one example that comes to mind is uh, uh, Joe Thornton and Jonathan Chichu. <laughs> like, buddy scored fifty goals <laughs> there, but you know, you like, can't compare Jonathan oh. Chichu though to Leon Drysaddle. I don't yeah, know. I don't. That's what I'm asking. I don't follow the Oilers. Yeah, that, that, that Joe Thornton for a few years might have been one of the best players in the league. Easily, he was right. Easily, and he never won. No. But he wasn't like a generational talent. He wasn't he generational. Drafted, no, you know, like you know, like these are some these are interesting conversations for sure. Like you know, I'm sure there are a few guys that you know that don't win, but. uh you know, the next kid, the guy that's supposed to get drafted 
not this year, Shane Wright, but the year after he's from Vancouver, uh, Connor Guard, and he was killing the World Juniors before they shut it down. Um, like he's gonna have a lot of expectations on his shoulders coming into the league, and I think he's just gonna blow him out of the water. I really believe it. Yeah, ends up in uh, in a city not named Buffalo. Why not a uh, Buffalo? I don't know. I just feel like Buffalo is where, where kids go to get their careers ruined. Or Edmonton. 